With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's me. It's me. It's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James. And by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter. Badass Billy Gunn. Together we are the New Age Outlaws. And you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer, the Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course In The Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. Good evening and welcome to the one and only Pop Culture Stars. This is Dr. John Stamey live from the sun and fun capital of the world, Myrtle Beach. It's great to be here with everybody, and we're going to have a bang-up show tonight. I had so much fun last week with the amazing Velvet. I just invited him back. I thought it'd be a great time. And uh, so we'll see how it goes. I know it's going to be a good one. Uh, first of all, I would like to say hello to our co-hosts. Uh, first of all, from, let's see, we'll go in a weird order tonight, from the Eye in the Sky, <laughs> Indianapolis, Here's Todd Armstrong. I, really, Todd? I'm sorry. It's Tim Armstrong. <laughs> I was thinking of Todd, somebody else. Tim Armstrong, how you doing tonight? And I do know your name. I know you do. I'm doing wonderful. <laughs> awesome to be here. Uh, looking forward to a good show. And, yes, I'm out on the porch again. We're having some decent weather. Got up to 80 today in Indianapolis. Right. So out here on the porch for the show and looking forward to it. Well, that's great. Well, we're nice. glad to have you. Now, now in another order, Dave Atwell from Jackson, North Carolina. How are you, Dave? Doing good. Trying to get this uh, cigar to get a different, uh, decent burn on it, and enjoying uh, <laughs> a malt beverage. And much less, but much like Tim, it's a gorgeous night out here. So uh, enjoying it. Uh, the, the the one thing that uh, I'd like to take just a moment. And not to start things off on a sad note, but man, this Eddie Van Halen stuff, man. I normally oh, yeah. don't get shit with when celebrities pass, man, but Eddie Van Halen, man, I mean, that cat had so much to do with my teenage years. Every time I hear a Van Halen song, I think about sitting out there on the beach with my old 80s boom box going and the peroxide of my hair. <laughs> and uh, Man, hearing about his passing just took the wind out of my sails last night. So, yeah, uh, man. Yeah. And his name's come up, I mean, 
uh, you know, Tim, Todd, we, we've discussed Van Halen, I don't know how many times on the show, just shooting the breeze and uh, hearing yeah. about his past stuff, man. A part of me died with it, man. It's just uh, been a tough year, but wow. It's just uh, something else. But otherwise, uh, you know, I'll pour one out to Eddie and uh, burn a cigar tonight in his uh, memory. And we'll have a good show. Looking forward to talking to Velvet again tonight. Woo-hoo! Absolutely. Awesome. And, of course, from again, from Jacksonville, North Carolina, one of our favorite gourmet cooks, Todd Sexton. Todd, how are you doing? I am outstanding, supernatural, and ecstatic to be here. And, uh, yeah, I got to echo what Dave said. The uh, <laughs> Dude, the... Uh, I think what might be a little different with Eddie's stuff, I mean, let's run with this. I remember, oh, this was cool. I had that little converter in my vehicle so that I could plug in my cassette into the 8-track player. Oh, nice. Just saying if anybody remembers those things, man. And, yeah, uh, man. But talking about having that stuff in the vinyls, definitely um, having my mind blown. Um, I was still in junior high when I heard, um, barely mind you, when I heard um, <laughs> Spanish Fly off Van Halen 2. Spanish oh. Fly off Van Halen 2. Yeah, they, you, you know, they did a lot of commercially successful music, but I think I've always listened to a couple of the, some of the deeper, some of the different tracks, if you will. Yeah, um, and there's stuff that I still. We, we, you know, I will still periodically binge a Van Halen evening, and I bloody well did last night. Um, but there's still stuff that I get goosebumps at some of those bridges. Um, I don't know what about um, the bridge in Romeo Delight just still just that little bit oh, of yeah. finger picking in the middle of that song that just is really something. So, yeah, um, probably because we felt the music. So we felt the passing, is my thoughts. Just saying. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, okie dokie. Tell you what. Well, good. And looks like Malcolm will be on here shortly. And we have uh, one of our very favorite guests, absolutely one of my favorite guests in the world, from Springdale, Arkansas. Did I get that right, Granny? It's Granny Huxer. Yes, How you did. Doing? Hello, everybody. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm very happy. My Chiefs, uh, they delayed my Chiefs game from Sunday to Monday, but my Chiefs won Monday night, and I'm very happy. So we're 4-0, and and I'm very ecstatic. So that made me very happy. (laughs) Good. We're glad you're happy. Oh, and and, and here comes our other I've been busy, but, you know, but been busy, but everything's good, so. Well, that's, that's good. We We're glad to have you. And, and here's our other favorite guest from Pocatello, Idaho, Malcolm Wildman. How are you, wild man? You doing good today? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Dr. John. I forgot I was watching this movie on Turner Classic Movies. Uh, no Time for Sergeant. I've never seen this before. I think Andy Griffith that's a is crazier film. than Gomer Pyle. <laughs> I think Andy Griffith's crazier a- than Gomer Pyle in this movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it, it, that's an incredible film. I think it it was at least nominated for an Academy Award if it didn't win an Academy Award. Yeah, and and Don Knotts plays this doctor, and he's got to put these he's he's got two uh, iron bands to to coincide with each other. He does it the wrong way. It's really funny. <laughs> I guess, he, I guess he learned from Don, from from uh, Jim Neighbors how to do that. But anyway, well, we're glad you're here, and I think that's everybody except our guest tonight. He was so much fun last week. It's the first time in the five-year history of pop culture stars. I asked a guest right back. He is none other than the Purple Man, the Amazing Velvet from Charleston. How are you doing tonight, Amazing Velvet? I'm doing great. <laughs> Calm down, Malcolm. Uh, That's right, Malcolm. Good. Calm down. We're, and Malcolm, we're glad to have you here. Just calm down. It's all yeah, good. We're, we're all thrilled. <laughs> That's right. So, Velvet. Yes. Velvet, I guess the first thing I wanted to do was talk about a project you and I are working on. I guess we can talk about it because nobody else is going to get to do it, right? That's right. Let's do it. Exactly right. I'm going to talk a little bit about it, and then I want you to talk about your relationship with this one specific okay. wonderful okay. person. It turns okay. out that Velvet said, well, I know Susan Green real well. I said, I want to have lunch with Susan Green. Now, she's the greatest female wrestler. She is. I'm now convinced the greatest female wrestler of all time. I'm convinced that she was equal to Mildred Burke and was better than the fabulous one, Fabulous Moolah. And so I met her at lunch at Maurice's Barbecue. Now, I'm very suspect of Susan Green. She had a hamburger, and I had barbecue. So I, now, Velvet, i got to talk to her about that. i got to make sure that she's barbecue <laughs> or, or something's wrong. But anyway, so we just got along real well, and I said, let's start writing a book. And she said, sure. And so I interviewed her, and then I threw it on a podcast. So those podcasts are hidden to another but soon-to-be-released date. And then all of a sudden, yes, this is the fastest project that's ever happened. Yesterday, I was talking to her. I said, Susan, we need to get a, a picture because you're such a great trainer. You've trained so many men and so many women. We need to get a video of you training in your um, gym of pain and glory um, that's what she calls her facility there in uh, West Columbia. And she said, well, sure. That's great. I said, has anyone ever taken footage of you training? She said, no. I said, get ready. And then, um, of course, I found a good videographer, talked to him. He was thrilled about the project. And then when I was talking to him, it's great. I said, by the way, I want to do a 75-minute interview with Susan. Can we do that before we go to the ring? He said, well, sure. So then I, I said, well, first of all, let me call it Susan and make sure this is okay. This is how my projects work. I, I get them set up before I even ask the people if they want to do them. So I called Susan up. I said, you want to be interviewed on that video? She said, sure. I said, well, the only condition is this. You have to, in the interview, you have to wear your red, white, and blue suit. That's what she always wore. And your cowboy yep. hat. And she said, oh, yeah. absolutely. So we're going to have and that's her. That's a real 10-gallon hat. That's not fake. That's real. Oh, okay. So <laughs> anyway, we're going to have a video project. It will be out 
on December the 19th, a very special day. It will be out the day of the NAWA uh, Big Wrestling Shindig down in Florida. And it will be available and on sale down there and everywhere else in the country. And I want everybody to buy one. This is important. This is probably the first time that we've had somebody who was a well, well-known lady wrestler um, tell the story of the wrestling league back then. It was It's very interesting. Now, Velvet... How do you, first of all, she calls him Dave. I don't know why she wants to call him Dave. His name is the Amazing Velvet, far as I know. But anyway, Velvet, tell us how you know Susan, why you know Susan, and is she a cool person? The floor is yours, sir. All right. Well, thank you. Well, being that I always said I would be in the wrestling business and I told Johnny Weaver that at probably eight years old, sitting on his lap and going through school, I watched wrestling, all of it. So when I got out of high school, uh, my parents weren't wealthy, so I went straight to work and I was doing night classes at a college, but I had to quit doing that to make you know, to make money for the family. So make a long story short, I was about twenty at this point and I said, you know what? I gotta, I gotta get find somebody that will train me. And you know, you go to Atlanta, and WCW uh, was the big dog now at this point in, ni- in 1989, 1990 era years. And um, I went down there, and they said they wanted five thousand dollars to train. Then I had to stay there. I had to work out in their gym and pay for a gym membership. I mean. All in all, it was like eight grand. I went, I, I don't have eight grand. It's not going to happen. So some guys that were in that camp actually lived in South Carolina. So I looked them up, and I said, hey, man, can you all train me? So I started with a couple of guys, and uh, but they were busy. One was a cop, and the other one was a Native American that is an Edisto Indian. So he, was, he had camps all the time. So he, he was kind of hit and miss. So I learned the basics real quick because I wanted to get out and, and, and wrestle. But nobody teaches, you know, like nobody really tells you what you're supposed to expect when you get out on the circuit. It's like, okay, here you go, kid. And I was greener and green. I was not trained well. I knew the psychology. I knew how to do all the the, the showmanship. I already had that down. I didn't, I didn't expect, you know, get in a ring and, and, and you, we sat in the locker room and said, hey, we'll just do this and this and this. It's your first time. Man, I went out there and this guy tried to wreck me. I went, okay, this isn't cool. So after about a year or so trying to learn the craft on the road, which was not smart uh, back then, um, somebody said, you know, you live in South Carolina. You need to hook up with Susan, Judy, Martin, Leilani Kai, and Big Hoss and a couple other people. And I said, okay. I ran into Susan by pure luck and and at a show. And she said, yeah. She goes, this is this is this is okay show, but we're going to this other show, and um, we want you to come to that one. And we want you if you if you really want to get trained, you need to be there, so we can show you some ins and outs and this not. So I get there. I talked to I talked to Susan and Judy, and they said they were they were in the main event. 
And I couldn't go in the locker room yet because, you know, I wasn't one of the boys at that point. And they said, well, you know, this whole side of the floor is there's, – there's all chairs and no people. So Susan goes, how about I go sit third chair on the front row on the right of the steps? I said, okay. So I don't know why they told me that. I sit down. I watched these two women go out at the ring. They hit the floor, and they rolled. They Susan threw Judy through the chairs right at me, and I took a good leg to the face, and they rolled through the chairs. They body slammed each other on the basketball court, suplexed each other on the basketball court, got back in the ring, finished the match, and I was like, what just happened? Right? So I'm like, okay. I think that's pretty cool. I'd like to learn how to do that. Yeah. So she says, come to my gym. Such and such a day, you know, we'll have you you get into the camp. So I get there. First thing she does, she slaps the immortal crap out of me when I walked in the door. And she goes, now, you you awake? I said, yes, ma'am. She goes, don't call me that. She goes, just, just listen. She goes, I'm going to tell you right now. Forget everything you learned. Forget everything you think you know. We're going to break it all down and build you back from the bottom up. Okay. <laughs> so basically I took a beating. She has a boxing ring. She doesn't have a wrestling ring. It's stiff, very stiff. And if you can learn your craft and learn how to take the falls in that ring, and we call them bumps. If you learn how to take the bumps in that ring, you can wrestle in any ring in this country because – that ring is like the hardest ring I've ever felt in my entire life. But, you know, she had a special way of doing things and a special way of of uh, teaching you the right way and getting your head on, you know, on straight so you don't get your head knocked off. Um, that was great because, you know, after you started learning your basics and started learning how to put matches together and learn the psychology of working, not only are you working your opponent, you're working the crowd doesn't matter if you're a good guy or a bad guy. You know, everybody's got a certain set of rules they have to, to do in a match, and that's the guideline. You, you're a heel, you do this. You're the face, you do this. So, you know, I knew that, but I didn't understand it until she said, okay, you know, we, you're going to travel with us, and you're going to carry our bags. And I carried bags for three years. And that three-year period, I did not win a single match at all. But people wanted to wrestle me. If they saw Susan come up, they go, hey, is Dave with you? Can I work Dave tonight? Oh, great. It's a piece of cake. I'm going to go home safe. I'm going to go home to my family and not have to worry about you know getting hurt. And that's what a business is supposed to be about, and that's what, how she trains. You're going to take a beating in her camp, but when you're done, you're going to know how to protect yourself, work a match, put a match together, know the psychology, and – You'll be a well-rounded person as far as being respectful in the business and, you know, know what and when to do and things like that. Nobody teaches that today. They just teach, here, let's go. We're going to do this triple flip off the top rope. You're going to – that. I mean, 10 super kicks in a match, and I'm like, really? Who does that? Today, there's no finishers. If you're, if you're an old-school wrestling fan, there's no finishers. They do three to five finishers every match on every television show. And they all kick out. Why? It's a finisher. And it's not a finisher. So 
But, uh, yeah, meeting her was the best thing that ever happened to me because I got to meet, meet a lot of great people like, you know, Valentine and Wahoo, obviously, and um, Sweet Stan Lane and the Midnight Express and Bill Eady, who was the mass superstar back in, in the day and then became Acts of Demolition and WWE. I worked with him. Uh, Hector Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero's brother, is one of my best friends. I worked Hector, I don't know probably two years running at one point. We had a great time doing that. And um, he also taught me some stuff to take care of myself. Like there's things called, uh, Susan will tell you this, but I won't, I'll let her explain it to you. But if something's happening in a match, you automatically either become a shooter or a hooker. And basically I'll give you the basics. If somebody's trying, if somebody hits you, on pur- purpose, purposefully, and you say, "Hey, man, lighten up," and they do it again, there won't be a third time because either you take them out or you stretch them. So the take them out part is you shoot on them back and knock their head off, or you get them in a hold where they can't move, and you can, like he they taught me so many so many things. You get an arm, get somebody's arm, put it behind their head, and certain things, you could either choke a man out or you can take their arm right out of socket, their shoulder. I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> but that, that's just protection point. I, you never had to do it, but it's good to know in case something ever happens. I mean, but, Susan, but let me tell you something. Susan has got a heart of gold, uh, big woman. Six, she was When she started the business, she was uh, – uh, what, 15 years old, six foot one, biggest woman in the business because everybody was five foot and five three, and she's six one. Yep. And I'm gonna tell you something. That's why Moolah did not like her because she was trained by Joe Blanchard, which is Tully Blanchard's father. With they, she trained with Blackjack Bones, and she trained with the guys. She didn't train with the girls. She trained with the guys. She was, I mean, she she was apparently one of Blackjack Mulligan's, one of Blackjack Mulligan's best friends. They were they were really good yeah, friends we, in uh, in wrestling school oh, with yeah. Joe Blanchard. Oh yeah, and she was the uh, Rick Flair uh, coined the phrase that she was the female version of him. So she became the woman's na- uh, nature girl. Basically, it was so funny. But uh, no, she's <laughs> was you know. Unrecognized champion because Moolah owned her own title, and Fit Senior wanted her to be the champion, and Moolah threw a conniption fit, so Moolah hurt Susan, and then Susan had to give her the belt back. And when she gave her the belt back, they had a later on they had a match, and Susan was so mad she broke uh, Moolah's collarbone, and she was out for six months. That was payback. <laughs> Wow. That was Toronto, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. And and the subsequent, the next match with uh, with uh, with Susan Green wrestling Kitty, whatever her name is, in Madison Square Garden. They said, "Well, Moolah can't be here because she got right. her collarbone collarbone broken in Toronto <laughs> last night." And, and I saw and I saw oh, Susan yeah. Green on that video, just a smiling. Yeah. She said, oh yeah, yeah she, she was happy. Well, yeah, because yeah, she knows then, how to break the collarbone too. Oh yeah, but listen, I've been in bar fights with this lady. Trust me. Uh uh-uh. uh, you, I would never cross her. Of course, I'm not a big guy anyway, but it wouldn't matter. The guy that 
was talking to her, was about 6'3", about 260, said something to her the wrong way. And I went to move, and she goes, no, 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 you stay right here. I went, oh, this is going to be bad. <laughs> Turned around, took her hat off, looked at the guy and said, sucks to be you. Punched him right in the face. It was a one-hitter quitter, went straight down. Uh, and then the, then the fight, then the fight started. I went, yeah, man, listen. <laughs> Todd, you'll Just appreciate record, this. That's what the wife calls yeah. me. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> Todd. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's great. Oh my goodness. Oh, but yeah, she's she ain't no joke, man. And I, I try. Here's what, something you'll appreciate. The running joke was, if somebody either no showed the match that was supposed to wrestle Susan. We had a kid actually was going to wrestle her semi main event, and we get to the intermission. I'm in the back and I'm doing my thing because, you know, I'm just running around like a mess trying to figure out what I'm doing. Because I'm because I'm supposed to wrestle the guy in the main event that was six foot eight, you know. And anyway, so the matches got switched real quick because I'm looking around for this kid. I went, where this kid go? He ain't even back here. What's going on? So I said, screw it. I got to get my boots on. So I'm lacing my boots, and I'm look. I mean, I'm down on the floor. I'm not even looking at anybody. Then I see these big old white boots come up with big old Star Texas on them. I went, uh oh. I said, she goes, Dave. I go, yeah. And I didn't even look up. I said, I know. I got to take one for the team. I got it. What are we doing? She goes, well, it was a. Pretty much falls count anywhere in the building. I went, oh, great. Thanks a lot. This woman, Susan, proceeded to break two kendo sticks over my, over me. I hit, uh, I took a flat bump on the brick wall. I went face first into the wall. She threw me in a gar- into the garbage cans. She threw me into the Coke machine, which we broke. Yeah. I rolled down the stadium. I rolled down the stadium stairs. And then when the match was over, it was an old, old gym where it had double doors going into the locker room. Well, everybody's peeping out the locker room doors, and she's like, get out of the way. And they're looking at her like, what? And she's dragging me by my heel, and I'm face down on the floor, and she's dragging me all the way there. She picks me up and throws me through the double doors, and I rolled into the locker room, and all I heard was the door slam shut. And I'm laying up looking at the roof. And she goes, she comes around and goes, you all right? I went, nope, give me five minutes. <laughs> so, the next, so the next night I went to work. And I had it was summertime, so I'm wearing a short sleeve shirt, you know, khaki shorts. We're working third shift. And I'm doing something. And, it's got, and I lifted my arms, and they're all black and blue from the elbow up. I had, uh, my ribs were swollen. I mean, I had black and blue all the way around my ribs, my back. I had cut marks on my back from the kendo sticks and where she broke them. So anyway, this guy goes, dude, what happened to you? Were you in an accident? I went, yep, sure was. And he he goes, (laughs) and my my other buddy that worked with me knew what happened because he was there. And I, I lifted my shirt and he goes, oh, what the heck happened to you? I said, 
I don't know. I, I, I went to a wrestling <clears throat> show, and all of a sudden, somebody hit me over the back with something. I don't remember much after that. <laughs> that was funny. That's the lady that I'm interviewing this weekend and next Listen, weekend. You're gonna have so fun. it's going to be great. All of y'all need to everybody get right, a copy right. of Text, the story of Susan Green. So it's going to be and a lot of fun, and that's great. We need to Velvet. get her. We need to get her on here at some point because everybody needs. Well, I was going to have her on her. next week, but she's next week. But that's right before she goes in the hospital, and the week after, oh, so I'm yeah, going to wait yeah. two weeks, and then okay. she, then she'll be better. And so, Malcolm, actually, okay. I was calling on you next, Malcolm. Have you oh, got yeah, a question yeah, for Velvet about lady wrestlers? Because I know that you know a lot about you know a lot about everybody in the business. So take take your hat off, Malcolm, and give him a question or a comment or talk to him about lady wrestlers. Well, I got a comment first, Velvet. Um, ask okay. Susan, or when I meet her, I'm going to ask her, "How can you disrespect a Coca Cola? That's the best thing in the world." <laughs> <laughs> You're funny, dude. <laughs> You're so funny. My Better be careful, she, Malcolm. She, she might have been Bill Cosby before Bill Cosby have a Coke and a smile there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was all right. Velvet. <laughs> it wasn't I the first time I did feeling, that, but go ahead. I get the feeling that there's a lot of wrestlers I've met that wrestled Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper, superstar Billy Graham, Paul Mr. Wonderful Orndorff, there's a big list. Bobby Heenan told me one time when I met him that one time in the wheelchair, he said, Malcolm, I did the Hogan impression for him, and Bobby Heenan canceled. He goes, hey, Malcolm, yeah. uh, if you would have been around in the 80s, I could have turned you into Hulk Hogan's evil twin. I love it. But what I'm saying is um, there's a lot of resentment towards Hulk Hogan. I get the feeling from the way you described it, and is this true? There was a lot of resentment, because I'm going to ask Susan Green, was there a lot of resentment to the fabulous Moolah? Because to ladies wrestlers, she was kind of like Hulk. She was kind of like an icon in the female division to me, and there was a lot of resentment. Go ahead. Yeah, I talked to Rock and Robin. I talked to Wendy Richter. A lot of lady wrestlers, just like Hulk Hogan, I think they dis, you know, they, they didn't have that. They had a lot of disrespect for for Mula because she was champion. Captain Lou said she was champion twenty seven years in a row. That's longer than any male wrestler. I think the longest. And, 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 and Malcolm, 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 I can tell you right now that's not that's not a fact. That is absolutely not a fact. The NWA did not recognize the title changes with Susan Green. Susan is getting me a list, and we're going to publicize that in her in her video videography thing that we're doing. And yes, no, they just simply didn't do it. Sam Munchenick said no. Well, it just and it well, like, well, because, I like, Go ahead. She, a lot of people took the frustration out on Moolah. Well, you know, well, you here's the thing. Dr. John, I went here to meet Fabulous Moolah. I told Hulk Hogan that. I told, I told Captain Lou that. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah now, let, now let Velvet answer his question. Let him answer oh, his I'm question. Sorry, okay. All right, well, I'm, sorry, I'm not going to go too deep into it because 
if you watch Dark Side of the Ring, the Moolah story, right. half of that is it's half real and half of it's not real. Okay, they didn't okay. touch everything on it. If you watched it, but she was nasty to the women. That's why there's resentment there. They all had to live on her property. They all worked for her. She booked the girls, and they paid her. They were broke because they had to work out there. They had to live there and work on her on her property. And oh, Susan, what? when she came, was already trained and was helping train, and she was the only one that had a driver's license and had a job. And she told Mula, no, I'm not living on your property. I got my own property up here, and I'm going to help you out. But you know, And then Mula didn't book her for a while, so Susan started getting her own bookings. And she goes, you can't do that. I control the women's wrestling. So I'm just <laughs> telling you, that's a little bit of it. You have to understand. And that belt that she had was her belt, her title, was not recognized by any anybody, whether it was WWF, WWF, or – NWA. Nobody recognized the title she held because it was her title, and she wasn't yeah. going to lose it. Yeah, but so. you know, Velvet. Um, a lot of people, you know, I've noticed a lot of wrestlers hate this wrestler, this wrestler, that wrestler. But I'm a wrestling fan, and I'm always right. going to be a wrestling fan. And I, unlike all of these people, we actually have respect for. You know, all the well, you should you should like anybody. who you like, right? Yeah, you should like, like who you like as a fan. Doctor John, so you should and like. And Velvet, they've had the courage mm. to lace up a pair of boots, get that squared circle, whether they're male or female, independent or pro. I have had respect for every wrestler I've met in my lifetime. The two I enjoyed the most were Pat Patterson and Rocky Johnson. Because I was watching them when I was five years old in 1968 on uh, Channel 44 in the Bay Area. And it, they were just a real thrill for me, Pat and Rocky, especially when they took on the great Mephisto and crazy Luke Graham. That, that was great like, Mephisto. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Who's next? <sighs> Todd, Who's what next? have you got? You always have a good oh, question. Okay. <laughs> I, I just saw um, you know, I'm going to go back, um, and this might be a little too far back. Um, <laughs> but one of one of the first wrestling events I remember, um, and I'll tell you, it was uh, pre-second grade because of the house we lived at at the time. Um, seeing Johnny Powers Ooh. in a high school gym. <laughs> We were uh, hmm. we were at the um, local uh, Catholic high school hosted the event. Um, just just for the record, this place hosted some great events. Got to see like the old school Harlem Globetrotters in there. Oh, you know, cool. Curly Neal and all them cats. Yeah, man. Yeah, oh, those wow. ones. Yippers. Absolutely. Uh, um, <laughs> but I'm talking, you know, Johnny Powers. Um, and I know I get this name fouled up. I can't remember which name's first, which name's last. Um, uh, purple Pen Pearl. Pearl Purple, yeah, he did the claw. Uh-huh. Um, there, there were just <laughs> some of those really, really old school stuff. I'm talking, you, you know, heck, 
guys, I remember when we finally got a color TV. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. What's the and color of course, TV? <laughs> when, That's right, when, when we got it. <laughs> no, seriously, when we got it is, man, some of you guys remember this stuff. The, uh, the, the cabinet thing, though, the way this, the, the old vacuum, the early vacuum, right, two TVs and all that yeah. kind of stuff. That was a cabinet that was nearly as big as your dining room table. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, I mean, the screen wasn't, but the, t- the cabinet was. No, cabinet was huge. You had this little screen in the middle. <laughs> pretty, pretty I love it. So, so what I want to go to is some of those early first memories. That, that just for me, some of those. Or for you. Yeah, absolutely, please. Oh, well, I think, to be honest with you, I really think the first match, first live match, I was probably six, five or six years old. We had a place called Charleston County Hall here in South Carolina, and it was all the guys from the Mid-Atlantic Georgia Championship and Florida Championship. All of them used to run through here, and every now and again you get a guy from Memphis. My very first match that was on that card that I remember so fondly was Abe Jacobs. Abe Jacobs in the Kiwi roll wrestled Johnny Weaver. That was the first time I saw a wrestling match. And I was tying. And we had, who else was on that show? Did Uh, you see the flying red bass? Flying red bass? No. I did not. I did not. We saw... Who else was yeah? I think um I think Mr. Fuji wrestled uh, uh Mr. Wrestling number two that night in the main event. Um Kenji Shibuya? And then of course and then of course we had we both had we had both Mr. Wrestling, Mr. Wrestling number one, Tim Woods and Mr. Wrestling number two. Uh but I think those were the main stars on that particular show. Uh I would at five, that would have been 1972. So, yeah, oh, God, that was my 72. first match. That was my first match. And it was pretty – I mean, for me, I, I love wrestling from the first time I saw it on the tube. I couldn't get enough of it. Oh, man. I kept going and going. And I had all the magazines. My parents would go, why are you reading that? I, and I said I learned basically how to read really well. <laughs> I just got to pronounce the names and who was doing what and who was writing what. Man, I was, that was me, 100%. Velvet, when you looked at the black and white picture, the blood on the faces, I told Hulk Hogan a lot of these wrestlers, Roddy Piper, it looked like chocolate pudding on their faces. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Uh, but yeah, man, I thought that was a good question, Todd. That took me back for a second, man. That was very good. Great question, Todd. Yes, absolutely. Thanks. Granny yeah. Hulkster, what have you got? For Ooh, us? my buddy. <laughs> well, um, so I can ask him anything I want, or or is there oh, something yeah. specific Come I'm on, supposed to ask on. him? No, whatever you want well, to ask. You know, <laughs> Let, okay, let's talk about female wrestlers. Let's talk about female wrestlers again, you know, because I'm going to get the okay. opportunity 
this weekend, my family and I are going to a meet and greet in Harrison, Arkansas, nice. and we are going to get to be part of a meet and greet and a question and answer session with Kelly Kelly. Oh, so nice. I'm excited about that. Oh, yeah. So who, who, who was your favorite female wrestler that you always enjoyed working with? Oh, you're going to put me on the spot now. Or one of one of your favorites. I mean, you know, I'm sure you had a bunch, but I mean, who were some you liked, and that way you're not being overly yeah, some biased. some some no, no, that no, no, you no. liked. That I, way I you, you won't be hurting anybody's feelings. Well, I'll tell you the one that stands out to me. She became she was rookie of the year when Vince had that little talk show on USA Network that looked like the spot of uh, the, the Tonight Show. If anybody remembers that. Uh, he had a little talk show in the 80s. A girl named Desiree Peterson. She, she was she was trained by Moolah because Stu Hart would not train her in the dungeon. And she was dating Oh Wow. And because they were buddy-buddy and, and going out, so Dad said no. And then Dad later on said that was the biggest mistake he ever made, not training her. But yet she was cool. I love Wendy Richter, but I'm going to tell you who is something awesome was Sensational Sherry. Something about her uh, was awesome. Luna Vachon, uh loved Luna Vachon because she was crazy, and I love that. Um, watching the Glamour Girls score Judy Martin, Leilani Kai, that was always special. Uh, they're, they're awesome. Oh, they're awesome. Uh, you know, watching Susie against... Uh, all the girls that she's ever wrestled. I mean, it's, I'm not hurting anybody's feelings. I pretty much touched them all. Those are the ones that I really, really liked because they ha- they they brought something to the table that nobody else had. And it was always something different. And that's what you have to do in this business. You have to bring something different to the table no matter what you do. And they don't, you know, yeah, different. But everybody can do a backflip off the top <clears> rope or jump over the top. Bring something different. Let me see something different. All right, go ahead. That's awesome. No, that that's awesome because the exciting thing about this meet and greet thing is because of mm-hmm. the tickets that we bought, we get to sit in the inside the ring for the question and answer session and then we get you know, and nice. then after the Q and A's over with we get our picture taken with Kelly Kelly afterwards. So that's nice. pretty pretty awesome. Barb Barbara's sweet. So. Barbara's the sweet girl, so she'll be hey, nice. Don't worry about that. Yeah. When you meet uh, Barbie Blank, would you tell her Malcolm said hello? I met her two times. She's really nice to me. <laughs> I'll try to remember <laughs> that, Malcolm. Oh, like crazy. I wanted, crazy I wanted to mention something real quick, Dr. John, if I may. You were talking about that special sure. date of December 19th? Yes. Well, that's a special day for Granny because that is mine and my husband's 11th year wedding anniversary. Yay. We'll be married 11 <laughs> years on December 19th. So, yay. Okay, so now I'm excited for both of them going. My sister and my brother <laughs> just had their 38th wedding anniversary on Sunday. Yeah. Oh. I got him a car. Well, that's, that's great. Awesome. Yeah. All, All right. right, Tim, what have you got for Malcolm? Tim, so, Malcolm, uh, for me. <laughs> you mean for Velvet? I have for Velvet. I'm, I'm sorry. Velvet. Okay, for Velvet. <laughs> I'm 
I'm like, even even when I was done and I couldn't say nothing, I'm, I kept looking. She's dragging me, and I kept looking up at the crowd and dropping my head on the ground. And I'm like, dude, he's jacked up. Yes, I was. <laughs> but, you know, it, usually when it's a guy and a female, if you do it right like that, if you have something that's super – if the, whoever's the super baby face, you just tear them down, and then they're just going to wreck you. Because it's usually the other way around. Usually the 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 heel gets the heat on the baby. Not like this. Not when you have something like that. You know, I'd rather I'd rather the female be be the be the good person instead of the bad person. It works both ways, but it's better when that person's a uh, a baby face. So yeah, I mean that's just yeah. I love taking a beating. Hey, Val, but I got a funny story to share with you. You were talking about, you know, the... I got to throw this in here. I failed in my duties to remind Dr. John. We we missed our station break. (laughs) No, we didn't. We got our station break right now. And thanks to Brady Hicks and the VSC for letting pop culture stars be on... Friday night, p.m. So if you enjoy the show tonight, listen to it again, 5 p.m. on Friday night, right here on VSC Nation, and of course on popculturestars.com. There we go. Now, back to. Hey, Granny. Granny, Granny, Granny somebody had something. Hang on a second. Right. Hang on. I'll get to Granny. Tim, didn't you have a second question, or that we can touch both of them? Well, if we got time, I can, you know, I, I, we can hit it up later. Oh, we got time. Um, okay. Well, yeah, no, so again, the other, the other thing you were talking about is uh, kind of like when matches go dirty. And, you, you know, you mentioned, I can't remember now that the terms that you threw out there because my, my memory is already fading. Uh, well, heel, but, and, heel and face is your what you got, yeah. Okay. So, so you know, I, I was curious, and you said, you know, you normally don't have to to take matters into your own hands like that or end it, you know, you said it's kind of a precautionary thing, but I was curious, I mean, does it really like, what is the rough percentage that, you know, a wrestler just kind of gets a little out of control, just kind of a bully and just says, F this, I'm, we're going to do it my way. I'm just kind of curious, like how often that actually happens to where somebody just goes rogue like that. Usually, usually when that happens is they don't want to work the person they're in the ring with. That's probably 70% of it right there. The other okay. percentage is somebody getting in their ear in the locker room and saying something bad about the person they're going to work or whatever, and it fuels that fire. Like, I'll give you an example. Um, I went to um, a show in Cameron, North Carolina, where the Hardy Boys live, and I wrestled at the same fair they did, the Moore County Fair, I wrestled there three days in a row, and on the second day, I wrestled this dude that was all jacked up, muscle-bound, never met him before, nothing. And, you know, they basically told him that was running the place, hey, we already had him. What we were going to do worked out, and they said, go ahead and beat him. Talk about him beat me, beat on me, see what I can take. So we get in the we get in we start doing our thing and this guy starts wailing on me. I went, whoa, hold up now, that's not what we talked about. And uh, he kept on. I said, you know what? I ain't taking no more of this crap. So he puts me in the corner and he's gonna run and 
splashed me in the corner. Well, I jumped up on the second rope, and I headbutted him right between the eyes. And but I broke his nose, and I started wailing on him. And I was, I'm still not a big guy, but I had to do what I had to do because he was coming, and I knew he was right. going to give me some more. But usually that's what happens. It's usually they have heat, which is they don't like each other, or he just doesn't want you don't want to work that person, or somebody gets gear. And it's usually a promoter or another wrestler says, "Hey, I don't like that guy. Take him out," or so. And it's and that's dirty. But that's just because those are bad promoters and bad bookers that shouldn't be in the business, and you're going to run across that everywhere. But it's trying to get better, but it, it still happens. Yeah. People are jealous of you. So, Velvet, did, I think that you won you. that match, right? You won that uh, match, right, no, Velvet? We kinda, <laughs> no, we kind of – no, we kind of got thrown out. <laughs> oh, wow. They kind of got thrown out. And then he got his nose fixed, and we went out drinking afterwards. <laughs> there you go. That's about it. Cool. I like it. I like it. Yep. Yeah. 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 But, uh, you know, it happens. <laughs> you know, when you're a little guy, it's like, they're going to take pod shots at you. But, they, you know, I didn't expect it, to be honest with you, at that place where all the caliber guys, I mean, they had guys that were, there was no ring of honor at the time. This is long before that. This is like, 2001 2002 and you know it just happened and I'm like holy crap I didn't expect that to come out come at me like that but okay but uh, yeah they had like Caprice Coleman was there Easy Money they got guys that were stars on the indies before they got famous AJ Styles uh who, there was a couple other people on there, but I'm just saying they had famous people that were not famous yet. You know, they were getting there, but they weren't there yet. But I didn't expect any of that to happen. You know, you don't. First of all, I should have known better because you're supposed to travel. Oh, great! Thanks for coming by the house. <laughs> um, when you travel, you're supposed to travel with other people so you can watch each other's back. That's what you're supposed to do. I only went with a referee, a buddy of mine that was going to referee on that show, and he couldn't do nothing, even if he even if he tried. He would have gotten killed before he got to me. But I'm just I'm just saying, you normally travel in a pack, three, four people. I watch your back, you watch my back. You see anything hinky? You don't like it? You hit the ring, baby. You know, and we've had to hit the ring before and run people out because they're, you know what are y'all doing? Just being a butthole. Stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, you're not supposed to kill somebody. Whatever. You're not. Whatever. All right, those are I mean, whatever floats your boat. Yeah. Really, and those are great answers, Villain. Um, Dave Atwell. At least I got your name right. Dave Atwell, what have you got <laughs> for the <this> one? <laughs> I'm a little tied up at the moment. Granny Holster has a story. Granny. Go for it. Granny. Oh, okay, okay. Well, we were at an, a show called Arkansas Pro Wrestling that ran out of Salem Springs, Arkansas, Lincoln, Arkansas. And they had Kurt Henning's daughter, Amy Henning, there for a show that night. And her opponent that she was supposed to face, something happened. She didn't couldn't make the show. And 
Anyway, so they were going to, she was going to issue an open challenge to anybody in the locker room that wanted to come out and face her, right? Well, this mm-hmm. guy in the audience, him and his buddy, they, these guys were two of the most belligerent people I have <laughs> ever met in my life. You talk about bullies, okay? You talk about yeah. mean people. Well, they I think they'd been drinking before they came to the show. No. And this guy his so. name was John his name was John his name was Johnny <laughs> and his friend's name was Jeff. And they thought they knew everything there was to know about wrestling. Well, oh, Johnny he jumps up and he says, "Ref, I'll take his place. I'll take his place." And I of course I'm standing up <laughs> doing my thing that Granny does so well. Right. And he turns and looks at me. And starts walking towards me. And Uh-oh. he raises his arm back like he's going to hit me, right? He says, you better oh, sit down and shut up, you crazy old lady. And I'm oh. like, if you think you're man enough, big boy, I said, bring it on. I said, I'm not scared of you. And now this was a, this was a person in the audience. This was not a wrestler, guys, okay? Right, this I was a you. person in the audience. Well, my son immediately grabs me by my shirt and yanks me back to set me down in my chair. Well, all of a sudden, I had practically half, if not all, the locker room out there to Granny's defense. And they're, like, in front of me, standing between me and this guy. And they're like, you lay a hand on Granny, and you will have to answer to all of us. Right. <laughs> it sure right. shut him up in a hurry. But he just right. thought he was, and I mean, then, and then they start coming to shows wearing referee shirts and just, oh my, oh. They, they were so <laughs> belligerent. I mean, just, I just like thing. they thought they knew everything. But you know, of course, Granny was Granny. You know, held her own, guys. I mean, you know, I I appreciated the help from the locker room, but I tell you that bozo, he is just oh my god. Even to to this day, he him and his buddy are still like really belligerent people, and I'm just like, go away, go away. You know what's so but, funny is you, you yeah. used a reference that a lot of people are going to miss by referencing to that cat as a bozo. I was being nice. You know, I could have said something else, but I was being too much of a lady to say anything else bad. Very good. Thank, thank you, Granny. Yeah, that was very was good. That, 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 is that Dave Atwell who's back with us? Yeah, you know, just for those uh, behind-the-scenes moment for pop culture stars again, whenever Dave yells, I'm a little tied up, Granny Hulkster had a story, that's my way of saying I'm on the other side of the deck getting rid of these empty cans of paps that I had uh, inside my body. <laughs> PBR, baby. <laughs> favorite, it used to be my favorite. Okay. I can't drink anymore. You have one for me. Yeah. Well, and that's Murphy's law. We're going to call on somebody when they're in an embarrassing position. It's just the way it is. Yeah, <laughs> right. Or whatever. All right, Dave. What have you got for Velvet? <laughs> oh my God! Well, you know, <laughs> Velvet, you 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 got me thinking. All uh, back in the day when you were throwing some names out there earlier, and. 
me being the guy who always cheers for the bad guys in the movies, uh, when I first right. started cutting my teeth on wrestling, everybody was, you know, Ricky Steamboat, Jay Youngblood, oh, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, me, I was all about Black Jack Mulligan, Ric Flair, and the Masked Superstar. Yeah. And uh, Love Superstar. Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. You're, when it comes down to intimidating, uh, you know, and I've often talked about the drunken trips to uh, Savannah with my dad. Not that I was drinking <laughs> at that young of age. Uh, my dad was doing you. a little drinking these days. But uh, he trained me well. Uh, we went down there to Savannah one night, and the masked superstar was teaming with, you remember when he used to tag with Paul Jones there for a while? Number one Paul and, Jones, baby. Oh, yes. You know, he's selling, he's selling cars in Texas now, from what I understand. That's his thing. He has a used car funny. thing. And, Paul uh, Jones gone? Yeah. So oh, I Paul Jones, uh, right. he, he tagged the superstar in, and they were fighting Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood. Yeah. And the mass superstar came in and clotheslined the piss out of Jay Youngblood. And <laughs> I busted out laughing. And here I am, a 10-year-old kid. I just busted I mean, everybody just like the record scratched, and everybody turned around and looked at me. Right. But, <laughs> I mean, that swinging clothesline he had, I don't know how they were oh, able yeah. to choreograph that, but that thing was wicked as hell. And uh, <laughs> well, that how it night, that, that same evening, they debuted the Super Destroyer. And if you remember, the Ooh. Super Destroyer was, yeah. yeah. He was like 6'8", and he had one yes, star on the side dude. of his mask. Yep. And he was the first one who did the Superplex. Superplex. And he, super, I can't remember who he, I want to say it was Junkyard Dog, he Superplexed off that top row. And I mean, the the so entire center, yeah. That super center, I mean, the the civic center just went silent when he done that because I mean he must well, have had that kind of a good fourteen foot in the air from the ground up, and uh, I mean just took the oxygen out of the whole damn arena. So you know, all oh, that yeah. being said, going going back to the superstar man. Uh, did you ever have any run-ups on him? And if he was, was he just as much of a badass outside the ring something. as he was? Bill, oh, yeah. Bill Eady was a big dude. Didn't take crap off anybody. Called it like it was. Straight shooter. Didn't, you know, you didn't like it? Go on, get away from me. What's funny is when he was active demolition, when you know, after he quit doing the Superstar, he went to WWF at the time. Well, he had the big fallout with Vince. He was back on the Indies. We actually booked him. I, me and my buddies actually booked him on a show. I was managing the Gambler. I think I, I don't know if I told the story or not the last time, but anyway, he he comes in. And he goes, okay, what we all what we gonna do? We sat down, had a good time. He goes, you know what? Let's do this instead. He was talking to me. He goes, so you're dressed up like. You're gonna play golf? I said, Yeah, I'm gonna act like you know we got tea time tomorrow. You know, tomorrow eight o'clock at you know Augusta National. We got to get there. You know, we got to hurry up and beat you up, and we got to get up on down the road. So he's like, I like it. 
said, we're going to do that. So he goes, we're going to use the club. I said, cool. And he, I go, what do you want to do? He goes, listen, I get your buddy in the corner. I want you to jump up on the apron, and you have that club in your hand. I'm going to grab you by your shirt. You toss him the club while the referee's with us. You throw it with your right hand over the top rope to him. I'm going to pick you up, and I'm going to fling you into the ring. You're going to take your bump. You're going to get up, and you're going to back up into the corner. Excuse me. And as I come to you, I'm going to try to give you the business. That's when your buddy's going to hit me with the golf club, and you're all going to go over, and that's it. And I said, cool. We get out there. We're doing our stuff. You know, he's my buddy, poor gambler. He was taking a beat. Shoulder tackles were rough. That clothesline was no joke. And the gambler was a big big fella, too. He was 6'3", about 275, 280. He was a big boy, too. But, man, I'm going to tell you what, that clothesline is beautiful. Up close, it's beautiful. It's poetry, man. And I'm like, wow. But anyway, we get up there, and we get to my spot. So I jump up on the apron. He grabs me. I chuck the club. He picks me up, and I landed in the corner. <laughs> I went across an 18-foot – I went clear across the outside of an 18-by-18 ring and landed at the 18-foot point. Anyway, we do the thing. We go in the back, right? So local paper guy is trying to, to get it, Bill Eady, to, to, you know, to talk to him. And he goes, no, 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 get away from me. I'm going to the back. He goes, where's the little guy at? Because he's looking for me. He goes, where's the little guy? Where's the little guy? I'm already sitting in the back chilling. We're talking about what just happened. He comes up to me. He goes, he goes, I have a confession to make. He goes, first of all, I'm giving you props. You got some great hops. You got some great up. Because when, when he grabbed me and we took off, I jumped as high and hard as I could. And I didn't have to because he basically just threw me. But anyway, but so he goes, I have to give you that. He goes, but. I was scared. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, when you got up in the air, I really didn't have to do anything, but when I let go of you, I saw two things. I said, okay. He goes, I saw the top rope and the front row of people sitting in the front row. I said, I thought you were either going to hit the top rope or hit them. He goes, you landed in the ring, and he goes, holy crap. He goes, I almost peed myself. (laughs) He was so scared for me. He's like, uh, I thought I killed you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yep. And then I saw him later, about five or six years later in New York, when I had my shot in New York in 04, I saw him then, and he was, we were on this, we had done it, I did a double shot that day. I worked in one of the boroughs, and then I had to get to Long Island. It took about an hour, hour and a half to get where from I was to there, because it's crazy up there. So we had this guy, we paid this guy good. We got to get to this to this other show. I roll up. He's sitting right there, and he looks at me and goes, what are you doing up here? I said, dude, man, I'm trying to make it, man. You know, I'm an old guy now at this point. I was the oldest guy on the card at, like, 35 or whatever. They're like, but he goes, they don't know that. Go do your thing, man. I said, you're right. So I did my thing and come back, and I got a big slap on the back. Thank you, and this and that. And then that's when they told me I needed to take steroids, and I laughed at them. And I said, nope. <laughs> oh, we want you to be 210 pounds. I said, dude, I'm five foot three. 210 pounds. Said, you have to pay somebody to wipe my ass for me because I will not be able to reach it. 
I'm said sorry. <laughs> yeah, the mass no superstar was a beast, man. Because oh, I remember we were we were oh, at a high school show one night, and that was back in the day when you did the high school shows. They actually put on a oh, show yeah. nowadays, you oh, know. Yeah. And he walked out, and he was fighting. Um, he was fighting Tim Woods, Mr. Wrestling One, because oh, that nice. was a big thing. It was supposed to be you know, for the mask match, which, of course, you know, was never going to happen. But nevertheless, it was a good night. Right. And, uh, man, you know, here comes Tim Woods, who was not a small guy either. Uh, no. Tim Woods comes side. out. And, you know, of course, everybody's cheering. He's out there with his mask. This was, this was about the time when Mr. Wrestling 1 was fading out. Mr. Wrestling 2 was big with his spinning toe Coming in, yeah. That. Yeah. Well, you know, they... They call for the masked superstar. Of course, we had front row, uh, you know, dad being in the core, he had connections, and mm-hmm. he, he got his front row seats. Well, here I am, you know, 10, 10-year-old kid, had the old, uh, you know, kid heart on going. I'm going, oh, man, the superstar's coming, superstar's coming. Man, the superstar came down that aisle, and I was like, it was all I could do to keep the folded chair up behind and behind it. I mean, that guy was a <laughs> freaking beast, man. Yeah, and, you know, he's, his persona precedes him, but if you get to know him, and, and on a personal level, if, if he lets you get to that point, he's cool. You know, he's he's like, he's guarded. He's He's jaded from the business, and he's guarded, and he only talks to certain people, and that's it. Because he's one of the guys that, you know, all these wrestlers have a lawsuit against Vince McMahon that they'll never, ever see money. There's like yeah. 75 wrestlers on this list, and they're never going to see a penny. But you know what? They were beat up. It's like they talked, there was a podcast on earlier tonight that uh, I was listening to because they don't have call-in, but they were talking about the fact that they don't care about you. WWE don't care about them. As long as you can make money, they don't care. I mean, how many chances is Jeff Hardy going to get for DUIs? He's had 10. I mean, come Good on. God. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Oh, well, he makes money, so we're going to keep going. Okay. Yeah, well. Like, like, who didn't do drugs back in the day? They were talking about the Freebirds and all that. Really? You want to talk about the, they were the biggest partiers out of all of them. I mean, Wahoo used to talk about they were in the, it was him, Dusty, and Ole and Gene Anderson all riding together, and they were wrestling each other, right? But they rode together. They would go to the corner store, gas up, get two cases of beer, stick it between them in the car, and was drinking and driving, going to the next town. Yep. And Dusty and Wahoo got in a fight because. Dusty, it was Dusty's turn to drive, and he got lost. So they were on the side of the road going at it. And they were drunker than all hell. <laughs> but they were going at it. I'm like, gosh, crazy. The dream That's how got it was no test, baby. We're going to find our way off. out to that exit. <laughs> <laughs> baby, look here. Don't record. talk to me. We're going to get funky like a monkey's on the side of the road, if you will, baby. Son, lost his job to a computer, baby. Nature <laughs> break, That's John. Go, John. 
Okay. Hey, John, you got to do it on no. the roads, though. You got to do the station break like the dream, dude. <laughs> no, 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 wait a second. I, I was waiting for you to ask Papa Stro to do that, and he's not on the show. No, I, wait, wait, wait. Wait a second. Wait a second. Let me let me let me get. I, I heard you say that, and I was shocked. Let me let me let me get it. All right, baby. We got a safety Jay? break here. We thank the VOC Nation, man. And you better be careful, Holy. And go, VOC Nation. <laughs> oh God! Don't 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 let anybody know that I did that. Just just the forty-four oh people God. that are listening to this show. Okay. All right. Oh my God! That was shocked when you said station break. Do it live. Oh my God. Okay. All right. So I'm not shocked anymore. Okay. Whatever. All right. Okay. It's it's great. Now let's see. Well, now that you now that you shocked me. Okay. We only got 20 minutes left, so everybody's got to go around the room. Everybody gets a minute, which means Dave will have five and uh, say whatever they got going on and say thank you to Velvet and say whatever they want. And I'm going to do it in reverse order. So what is your name? Dave Atwell, say say your goodbye, your plug, and thank Velvet. <laughs> hey, Velvet, thanks again, man. It's always good talking about the old times, man. Much obliged oh, to yeah, you coming man. back. Love it. Please, please come back whenever you can. Always good. Oh, yeah. Will, I will. Thank you. All right, well, Dave, first of all, I mean, uh, no, not Dave Velvet. All I got to say is you will be yes. back, and it'll be soon because we're going to have Susan Green on in what I think will be three weeks, and I want you on for that. That'll be great. All right, well, thanks. That was a great Now, Dave, do you not have anything to say about your books? No, no, don't worry about books. As a matter of fact, uh, I think Granny had a – Granny Holster had a story. <laughs> Watch it, no, I already told Holster. my story. I'm gonna let, I I'm already gonna let told you my story. All right. Well then, I then I'm gonna since you're late, you're, you're the late, you're the lady, you're the you're, you're the you're the queen of pop culture stars tonight. We're gonna let you say your plug and your goodbyes. How's that? Well, that's fine. Velvet, it's always wonderful to talk to you, my friend. I, I love yes. the stories and just such a pleasure to get to talk to you and you know talk about the business and oh yeah just, you know and i love being a part of pop culture stars i mean such a great bunch of people to you know be involved with each and every week and granny has a blast on this show i tell you i, I love i love being on this show with you all so we love you being here yay way cool we're glad to have you well, thanks a lot, Granny. All right, now I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on over to our to our other guest that I think the world of because first of all, Malcolm, before you say what you got going on and everything, please do your favorite. Please do a Hulk Hogan, would you? Oh, I'd love to. You sure, you guys want to hear it? Absolutely, go. Yeah, Coconut 
I bet that just thrilled oh, yeah. me. <laughs> I, I used to live for uh, Heenan's one-liners, and I was telling <laughs> nowadays. Nowadays oh, yeah. they wouldn't go over. Uh, you know, with the political correctness, but one of my favorites of his was when he asked Gorilla, do you know why Santa Ana only brought a thousand men to the Alamo? And Gorilla <laughs> says, why do you brain? And he says, because he only had two vans. I, I still think it's good. Dr. John, I want to talk about a moment. I was about talk about what? Seven. 1972, and I talked to Pat Patterson and Rocky Johnson about this. It was probably the coolest moment. I didn't get to go to a live event. We were watching on Saturday, and it was sometime in 72. I think it was the summer. And the masked interns, Dr. Ken Ramey, they were taking our Rio and Tio Tafui from the Fiji Islands Ooh. and Manuel Cruz. Nice. It was a handicap match. And uh, the, um, the masked interns, they beat Rio and Tio and Manuel Cruz, and then he Dr. Ken Ramey said, destroy him, you know, and they, and they start beating the hell out of Rio and T.O. Tafui and, and Manuel Cruz. And then out of the dressing room, out of nowhere from the back, he's wearing a Western jacket with tassels of Rocky Johnson. And then Pat's wearing a sequined uh, blue jacket, and he's got a mask on. He's carrying a foreign object over the top of his forehead to headbutt people. It started when the great Mephisto had that uh, foreign object in his boot, and he used to hit people in the head with it. So Pat did this to counter him. So they come out, and they got these things in their hands. And I, didn't, I was so young, I didn't know what they were. But I know now they were brass knuckles. And they went in the ring, started beating on the mask tender. They knocked Dr. <laughs> Kim Ramey up. The fans were going crazy. I was going nuts at home. I was only six or seven. It was like a fight on Batman and Robin, fighting the Joker or the Penguin. It was just awesome. They were, you know, and they're beating them. And blood, they were trying to rip the mask off the interns. And blood was coming out of the top of their head. It was cool as hell. I mean, I'm never going to forget that. I told Pat Rocky that was the coolest moment in wrestling for me. I even told Hulk Hogan that. And that's what I want to say. That's a great plug, Malcolm. It, it really is. And thanks. We're always glad to have you. Now, Granny and, uh, Mal- and Malcolm, you, are you going to be here next week? Lord willing and the creek don't rise? I'm planning on it. Next week. You come back, Malcolm? I might be there next week in South Carolina. You don't know. Oh, then you better 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 let me and Velvet know. All right, that's that's great. All right, now Tim, Tim, you're next. What have you got okay, to plug timer's and going what have you got to say? All right, timer's huh? going. I can't guarantee I can get in a minute, but I'll try. First, I, obviously, I want to thank Amazing Velvet, uh, wonderful guest. I think it's awesome to have you here. Um, I wanted to give my plug, and also thanks to everyone else. I love doing the show, kind of like Todd always says. You can this take it, amazing... hey, Tim. Yep. Tim, hold on. I started early, so you got time. Don't worry, okay? Well, that one minute was just for Dave. That one minute was for Dave Atwell, okay? You, we, <laughs> <laughs> you got a few minutes. Talk. You busy pissing. Carry All right. on. All right. So I'll, I'll slow it down a bit. I'll slow down my tempo here. Uh, but, you know, I, I kind of like to plug just the show in general because I have fun, you know, talking to everybody on here. It's just a good time chilling out here uh, with my, my Diet Coke and vodka and listening to everyone. And, and like I said, Amazing Velvet's a guest. Uh, my plug here, uh, I wanted to to mention my, my little guy. He's not much into whole, whole 
Hang on a second. That's my timer going off. Um, let me shut it up. I hope you guys can hear it. It's kind of disrespectful. <laughs> Holy cow. There we go. All right. So I want to give, give, give a plug to my son here because he's been helping me with this Halloween project. And the little guy, he's he, he's small for his age, you know, and he's not in any sports or anything. So it's tough to get him involved in anything. But he's been out here hammering nails and stuff, building me helping me build this project that we're doing for our Halloween uh, decoration out here. So just a little shout out to my guy. And Tim, are you yeah, going to post yeah. on pop culture stars, a picture of it when it's done? I can't, you bet. I can certainly do that. Um, and a picture of you uh, and him. How old Absolutely. is your son? Tim, how old is your son? He is eight years old. Oh, uh, what a sweet age. Yeah, so, what's his favorite wrestler? John Cena? Ooh, I, I haven't. He's not been much of a. Mostly he's in a SpongeBob right now, so uh, we'll have to work on the wrestling world. I know Kenny, I get him an autograph picture Get rid of SpongeBob and, and and get him into the Anderson brothers. <laughs> you bet. So the next thing I actually, I actually wanted to say, and Todd can Todd can vouch for this, is I actually gave a little bit of a Malcomania when I when we had a meeting, and uh, I can't remember who was it was at an autumn meeting. Todd, I called into and I said Malcomania. So just, just to let you know, I'm ordered. Yeah, it was one of my meetings. <laughs> and I would love hey, to. Hey Tim, know. I hope I hope you weren't offended last week when I said we all know who wear the pants in your family when you said your wife's nickname was Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> nope, I I totally concur. I concur. Nope. You're right. <laughs> I definitely well, know. I just like, thought that was so. I just like thought that was so perfect. You know, so I just thought that was a perfect opportunity. You know, so. Like the old Bob and Tom song goes, I don't know if you guys are aware of that, but there's a song about uh, who's the man or something like that, and he says, "I'm the top dog in the house, but I've been tutor." So <laughs> that goes along. With but uh, that's all I got. I was actually going to see if I could wrap it up in under a minute, so I could leave like ten seconds for Malcolm to do his usual Malcolm because I just I can't compare to. Him. Uh, nobody, I got, nine, I got nine minutes. I'm prepared. Tim, I'm prepared. I'm a, I'm a radio host. All right, Malcolm, hold on. You get yours at the very end. All right, well, thank you, Tim. No, I got it under control tonight. Todd, what have you got to say? What have you got to plug? And thank, you can thank Velvet if you want to and whatever. All right, I got a handful of things. Um, this is what I want to do is um, – Malcolm, early in the show, mentioned Don Knotts. Malcolm, uh, you as an old <laughs> Army dog, did you yeah. know that Don Knotts was a Marine? I didn't know that, but I met him. No. Was, I had him sign a picture um, for me from uh, the Andy Griffith show, and then he also signed um, this little leaflet for the movie Gus, the Walt Disney movie where the mule kicked 100-yard field goals, California Adams. And Don was laughing. Ed Asner was right next to him. He was the owner, Hank Cooper, and Don Knox was the coach, the nervous coach that couldn't win a game. 
Yeah, I, I just thought as an old army dog, you would like that information. And apparently, Don not figured out he was funny when, imagine this, he was a drill instructor. All right. Wow. So, uh, so I close that loop. I got um, two pictures, one with Don Knotts and his daughter, and one with Don Knotts by himself. Uh, if you want them, you let me know, and I'll email you. They're on my computer. I'll assume them in the couch. So, um, oh, dude. All right. That? That's the, cool. Um, the, the, yeah. Man, Malcolm is just a wealth of knowledge, right, guys? The, um, yeah, he is. Yes, he is. Out. Every one of us are. Yeah, um, but you know what? You guys are just as special to me, every one of you, you know, because I don't want to, when I make it as an actor someday, and I know I'm going to someday, because even Sting believes in me and Hogan, uh, someday I don't want to ever think I'm better than anybody else. I want to treat everybody equal. I want to. And that's why, dude, that's why you fit in so bloody well in my mind. All right, that, come on, guys. Um, this, uh, Velvet, um, I think I got it right. I threw you a, a Facebook request, just so you know, uh, for our green room conversation earlier. Cool. I think I said yes already. Okay. Yeah, I haven't been back to it to look. I'm just throwing it out there just so you right. know. All right. So here is the other prop I want to do. Um, my bride who has somehow found the patience and, and insanity, probably insanity first, to uh, <laughs> spend the better part of 30 years with me. Um, she has a birthday coming this weekend. So what I want to do is I want to mention that my wife has her, uh, oh, yeah, I'm going to go for the juggler vein here. Uh, she got her AARP email. Or uh, uh, yeah, coming in. <laughs> My bride is turning fifty this weekend, Aww. and uh, I'm actually sitting in the living room. She's looking here, shaking her head, and giving me the look that I'll pay for it right. later. Um, Correct. You know, it will kill. Just, just stay on the couch. Can I get the song for the wife? Damn right. Happy birthday. One, two, three. And her name's Lucy, just for so you know. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. That was great. Right. It's such a great I smile that he has. She can't, she can't believe how you guys jumped on board like that. Yeah, so uh, exactly. it's actually a pretty cool smile, and she's pretty humbled at the moment. So thank you. Um, I Because you guys are you, I can do that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> That's I, right. I would suggest, I would strongly suggest, I'm in such a unique place, and you guys make it special, so thank you. 
send her a birthday hey, card. Hey, we're all birthday. one big happy family, guys. Happy family, yeah. yes. One happy big family. happy pop culture stars family. That's exactly right. Right here on VSC Nation. Brady got an extra. Brady got an uh, he got an extra plug. All right, Todd. Thank you. Tonight. Jason Brady. I'm going to go on to Velvet Amazing Velvet Thank you so much We're going to have you back in about two weeks And then I've got to talk to you cool. about another game Where somehow, some way out on the internet But Amazing Velvet Tell us what you got going on And, and say thank you to yourself for being a good guest yeah. <laughs> Thank you to yourself That's funny um, I got a lot right. going on actually I got, three, I got three brand new students to train as of today, which is awesome, going to get that back up and running because I got these kids want to learn and I want to give it back to the business. So, you know, I told them if they if everybody tests negative for COVID, I would train them. So they have to go get their tests and they're going to bring them to me, so they can train. That's that's, that's, that's that the way you got to do. <laughs> so and then, uh, Todd, uh, happy birthday again to your wife. Uh, my wife turned 50 uh, uh, and 19, uh, and uh, I threw her a surprise birthday party, and she cried. So that was all. She didn't know anything about it, and it had it at her school, and she has two sets, she has a, two sets of parents, her real dad and her adopted father. And she did not meet her real dad until the week of our wedding in 1993. Wow. They were both there. They were both there. Everybody was there. You know, it was so good. And anyway, but yeah, you cherish every moment with with, with your bride. Trust me. Even if she's get, even if you're gonna get beat up, don't worry. <laughs> it's worth it. Sometimes speaking as a husband, that's a good thing. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I will listen. I will still come. Come next, if we're having one next week, I'll still come. You know, that's cool. I'll be a, you know, do whatever y'all yeah. want me to do, but I love this. I love this format. Y'all have been nothing but spot on asking great questions. And you know what? I don't have a problem answering questions. If I know, I know. If I don't, I don't. But, you know, the business has been good to me. It's It's been bad, but it's been more good than bad. I mean, it comes with the territory. It's like, a, it's like working a regular job. You hate it, but you know you need the paycheck, so you'll suck it up and do it. So. All right. So now, now hold on, Malcolm. I gotta say, I gotta say mine, and we got a minute and a half left. So first of all, okay, go. I'm as announcer. I don't know if everybody knows or not, but I am the new announcer for Battleground Championship Wrestling. I'm going to cut a bow this weekend Hi. with Susan Green, with a videographer, Hi. and we will nice. we will premiere it next Wednesday night on Pop Poker Stars. And guess Yay. who's the guest next week? I've got the weirdest guest you've ever heard. Okay. If I'm an announcer, nobody has ever asked me questions about my wrestling career. So I am turning the show over to Dave Atwell, and I am going nice. to be the guest. Yay. Can I call you? So Dave, you're the host, and I'll be the guest. Yeah. I'll be the guest. 
and it's going to be talking about me and wrestling because you know this this next this next month or so we've got a lot of wrestling things going on. So I want to give it all its due. So yep, that's it. I got twenty seconds. Malcolm, say goodbye Mike for us. Doctor John, can I have your autograph? You are a wrestler. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Ten seconds. Malcolm, say goodbye for us. All right, guys. Y'all be safe. Have Take a good weekend. Good night, everybody. everybody. Big hugs. Good night. Bye. Bye. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks, having started way back in 2010. VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Work, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Sandy Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter, at VOC Nation. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. The morning after, right here on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Brady Hicks and... Homeboy Rap Boy here. I tell you what, we got a good show right here in the afternoon at 12 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time on the VOC Nation. Talking wrestling, football, news, whatever's going on in the world today. VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.